And uh, wow, do you, do you have a sense of revival in this place when we start to worship? Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. It's just so amazing. You know, oh, man, we're still leaning into the Holy Spirit. And um, welcome online. It's good to see you. Also, be part of us online. It's great. And uh, just to be able to know, we've got about 10 of our leaders, uh, both some staff and some leaders in this church, going to the Numa Church this week in Melbourne. Um, for the uh, fivefold um, summit, ministry summit, and uh, it's going to be quite amazing uh, to learn and to grow. They've had a revival now for the last year. And it's a big church, about 5,000 people, but the thing is, though, they have, they've had leaning into the Holy Spirit. I've been following them a little bit, and it's amazing what's happening over there. So we want to grow. We want to take what they've got. And did you know Smith Wigglesworth actually preached in that church? Did you know that that church is almost 100 years old in two years' time? And they've been praying now for 100 years. And, and that's uh, no wonder that revival broke out there. They're very, they're very passionate about prayer and worship and adoration. And also, uh, they've been leading it for a long time. Um, um, and we believe as we go there that we don't, that, that we, because everything is accelerating right now, right, in the world. Things are accelerating. And so it's not like us having to pray for another hundred years, you know. We, just, we don't have time for that, you know. So the thing is what we're going to do is we, <laughs> well, we don't know we got, so we don't have time for that. <laughs> we're running out of time, you know. And so basically what's happening is I believe that we're going to, I think that there's hot spots in the world. Bethel is another one. And, and uh, there's a lot of spots around the world where people have been leaning into the Holy Spirit for a long time. And the thing is what we do, we just step into it. And then we bring it back. We kind of piggyback on what they've been doing. And then we bring it back and we affect our lives. And I believe that's happening already in my life, our lives. But also as we go physically, there'll be an impartation. Uh, so pray for us as about 10 of us go, 10 and a baby, uh, go uh, this, this week. That's not, not my baby. You know, this is Ziggy. So that's not my... Um, and uh, yes, that's all good. Um, well, Morena, everybody, it's just so good to see you all here this morning. And I'm a bit undone, really, and a bit tired from that worship. I thought this was absolutely wonderful. And, uh, wow, yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So we're right here in the Kingdom Life series, which we started two weeks ago. And the Kingdom Life series, Jesus talked more about the kingdom than anything else in life. Uh, kingdom, uh, he talked most about. The second was actually finance of all that you know, uh, because finance is such a stronghold in people's lives. But the thing is, though, kingdom, that was his thing. And he ushered in the kingdom with his own life, with his own life in this way. In Mark 1, 14, after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has, is now near. It's here. Repent and believe in the good news or believe the good news. See, Jesus, where Jesus is, there is the kingdom. See, Jesus is the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom of God. And where he is, the kingdom is. Where Jesus is king, the kingdom is. Luke 17, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, where will the kingdom of God come? Or when will it come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. Although he's not talking now about the acts of the kingdom. Obviously you can see those signs of miracles. But he's not talking about that because he says this. He says visible because you, don't, you can't you won't be able to say here it is or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is already among you. See, the, the kingdom of God is not a country. It's not like, not like New Zealand or Holland. There's a Gideon here from Holland, Gideon. Just so you know, Gideon here, a friend of mine from Holland, and his name is Gideon. Can you believe that? So we're the two bananas. We're Gideon one, Gideon two. And so that's what we've been for a long time. <laughs> banana one, banana two in this way. It's not like a country like this. It's a country. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. The country is spiritual. It's where God's realm is. It's the realm of the kingdom of God. And where Jesus Christ is king, there is the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual kingdom. It is not from this earth. It is supernatural. John 18, uh, Jesus answered Pontius Pilate. He says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were so, my followers would have 
would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. It's otherworldly. The kingdom of God is spiritual. And when we come to Christ and when we surrender our lives to the king of glory in our lives, he becomes Lord over our lives. Then the kingdom has come into our lives. And then when the kingdom starts working into our family, the kingdom of God has come into my family life, for example. Our kingdom of God is in our house. It's in our family. And then when we start working in our workplace and our businesses and whatever, and when you start influencing with your kingdom ways, your kingdom prayers, your kingdom worship, your kingdom everything, you start influencing, then the kingdom comes into your workplace. And that's why we need to, need to pray that the kingdom come in every sphere of society. More and more Christians, more and more people who are just have the fragrance of Christ, that they believe what they do, and they have this stuff. And every time they do, work. They pray for people. I know people, I talked to the other day to a person, and they say, I pray for my patients as I'm doing stuff. Great. Exactly. We heard this morning a story about somebody. Also, in the, I won't say the whole story, but the thing is, though, what happened in the workplace, you know, sitting with them, and then they don't believe in God, but then we do pray because when demons come, I pray to God, but I don't believe in God. And it doesn't make sense at all. But anyway, there's a sense of, hey, when we come to them and we sit with them or we lie with them or whatever we do with them, we actually share the kingdom of God because they know the power of God in our lives. They sense it, they feel it, and we can come and bless. So the kingdom of God is everywhere the king goes. Amen? So good. So the kingdom advances every day. It's about 100,000 people coming to Christ every day, which is in a week, you know, close to a million people come to faith every single week in the world, right? So the kingdom is growing very, very fast. And Pastor Luke had a great message last week about evangelism, how we need to have evangelism as a priority of our church because Jesus came to seek and save lost people. And so we are also commissioned to see the kingdom come into people's lives. And when they say yes to Jesus and they surrender their lives to Christ and he becomes their king, then the kingdom has come to one more person. And that's how the kingdom grows all over the globe and also in our lives and everywhere we go. Can I please have a great amen? Amen. 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 So God increased God's, and, and, then, and then the big picture is that God's kingdom is increasing daily, daily. And then one day the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our, of our Lord and then we will, um, of our Christ and we will reign forever. Then it says he's ever, revel, slow down Gideon. You're part of me. On the top of my one set, it said slow. Slow. I have, a problem, I have a problem with slow. It does not fit in my vocabulary. Slow doesn't exist. And so I have to actually write it down slow. I said, what does it mean, slow? Anyway, my mother, my mother, my mother said also, my wife and my mother. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I saw so, so many times I say to Catherine, M mother is involved, but I don't mean my mother, I mean her mother because it's my children's mother. And so often we talk about family, and so she's mother. And then, and then sometimes I say mother, and then she thinks that I, I, she's my mother, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not, not great for our intimacy. Um, I mean, talking, talking, you know, life, just talking. The seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices, Revelation 11, loud voices in heaven. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. That's where we're going to, right? But in the meantime, there is the kingdom now and the kingdom to come, right? It's not, not fully. So, but, but we have been commissioned right now to see the kingdom come. Amen? Amen. So Jesus teaches the disciples the disciples' prayer. It's not the Lord's prayer, the disciples' prayer. So the, the disciples pray this prayer, and the main focus on him is the kingdom of reality. He says, your hallowed be your name, 
your Father, you know, Heavenly Father. But then the key thing is, this is what you're supposed to do. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that really is a dream from God. The dream of God is that his kingdom, his ways, his reality, his love, his passion, his goodness, everything about God will permeate all of our lives. Everything about us permeates with the kingdom of God. Everything through our lives permeates with the kingdom of God. When we go into our workplace, into our community, it's the kingdom coming, the kingdom coming because his ways are coming, his love is coming, and all this kind of stuff is our commission. So we're not supposed to only pray for it, we need to also live it and live in it. Live it, but also live in it. Now, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he went, you know, 40 days later, was ascended on high. He actually took the church with him. Now, this is not the rapture of the church. That will come one day. But the rapture is, I'll show you something. What happened here is, is, is Ephesians 2. And God raised us up. Let's say it together. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, so Jesus rises, but so do we. We rise with him. The problem is that we are not always aware of this. We're not always aware of this, that we are really seated in our spirit, our born-again spirit. When we come to Christ, we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. We become one with Christ. We're forgiven. We, we, we're set free. We are now one with Christ, perfect, beautiful, innocent forever. That thing is seated in heavenly places. Now, it's in your life somewhere here, but it is actually seated in heavenly places. Now, heavenly places not heaven out there beyond the moon, Right? Now, it's also the heavens, obviously, but the heaven is the realm. There's the first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. They're heavens right here, right? And so we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Then I spoke two weeks about, about being citizens of the kingdom of heaven, citizens of this kingdom, citizens of the heavenly realm. For our citizenship, says Philippians 3, 2, 20, for our citizenship is in heaven. So as sons and daughters of God, we are now seated in heavenly places in the kingdom of God, in the heavenly realm like that. Now Colossians 3 says this beautifully. It says here, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, then set your sights, your eyes, your vision on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God right, God's right hand, think about the things of heaven. And not the things of the earth. I'll say it again. Think about the things of heaven. And not about the things of the earth. For you died to this life. You died to this life. And your real life is now hidden in Christ in God. See, that's where you are. Your spirit lives there. See, we are a spirit. We have a body. And we also run on a soul. But the spirit is who we really are. We've been born again into a spirit, a son and daughter of God. And so that spirit is, yes, it's here. It is behind your puko, as I often talked about. And we'll get there in a moment. I've got another proof for you today. For those of you who still don't believe it, it's behind your belly button. But the thing is, though, we are in the heavenly realms. But it's all around us in this way. And so for us, Paul talks about us being aliens in this world. Although, we, because our, resi our true residency is actually in heaven, right? Uh, uh, but, but we are aliens in this world. Now, we have a task to do. It's not like you're aliens and don't go, go wear a stupid mask or something and just be an alien and do be dumb things. It's not about that. It's that, it's that, it's that we are aliens. We come from a different world. T tell your neighbor, you come from a different world. <laughs> 
Yeah, and don't start wearing those stupid masks next to I'm an alien now. I'm going for this <laughs> different world. That will be a new sect, wouldn't it? I'm going to create a new sect here. That's just terrible. So in the heavenly places is our true residency. It's our true identity. All our life comes from that place. I want to talk about this in two weeks' time, how, how that comes into our lives, which I think is really, really powerful. But today I want to do something else. It changed yesterday because God wanted me to focus on this first and then uh, the next thing, which I think makes sense, but it's very challenging. So put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. See, it's a little bit strange for us. It's a little bit strange for us to think, okay, I'm living in the heavenly realms. I'm a spirit. Because everything is, is, is touching. Everything we have is the natural realm. We can't see the spirit. So it's weird for us. It's hard for us sometimes to, to understand the spiritual and how this all works together. And that's why I want to talk about it for a moment, you know. And that's why Jesus teaches about this quite a lot. And also Paul talks about this in, in the, in the uh, epistles quite a lot. Uh, because we need to understand how this works. See, everything created was created out of the spiritual realm. So the spirit is more real than this real. Now, we don't get that, though, because we live in the this, we live in the car, we live in the church, we, we're listening, playing drums, and we're doing stuff here. This is our life. But the thing is, though, there's a whole spirit world that we can't see. Now, some of you can see angels and demons and stuff, and that's fine. But the thing is, though, there's a whole world out there, and this world was created out of that world. But that world is superior to this world. Now, I have good news for you. You're actually in that world, whether you like it or not. If you're a Christian, you're, like, you're in that world. And that's why Paul says, set your sights on that world, set your affections and your life on that world, because that's where everything comes from. That's where you are really living, and that's the source of your life, because God is the source, we talked about last time, of everything. Amen? That's why Paul in Romans 8 talks about that sons and daughters of God, they live by the Spirit. They live in the Spirit. It says here in Romans 8, 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. We don't walk by sight, we're by the Spirit of God. So there's the Spirit of God. The children and sons of God live in this place. They know who they are, they know what they have, and they know where they're going, and they know what to do. That was quite good, actually. Did I write down? Most of them I wrote down. They know who they are. They know what they have. They know where they're going. And they know what they're doing, what they're meant to be doing, right? So that's the sons of God. Now, what does it look like in practice, in reality? What does it look like right here? Now, one of the things and one of the keys to this life is that our impulses and our cues are not meant to come from Facebook. And not from the latest fad, not even from your high wife or husband. I'm sorry. They have a lot of wisdom, and it's really good. But that's not where all of our lives is. They've got good wisdom, and they love you, but that's, that's not where it comes from. It does not come from this world. See, our, our life, if, it's, if we are seated in heavenly places, if we are seated with God, if we are in that reality, then our impulses and everything that is about our lives has to come from that place. Because otherwise, it's just natural stuff. It's humanism. And that's what we see in the world, of course, now. The world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. They've got a different spirit, the spirit of this world. And they've got the devil and all these people. So that's all the impulses that are going. And you can get very angry about this. Yeah, and, well, you can't do this and you can't do this. Well, it's very normal for them to do that. They don't have the Holy Spirit. 
Now they have they have a, they have a um, a conscience. So there is a conscience you can appeal to because God gave everybody a conscience. Even if you're not born again and the Spirit of God doesn't live in you, you still got a conscience. Everybody knows good and evil. It's just it's just built in your system. So yes, you can appeal to that thing. But generally, we get as Christians, you get so angry about people living in sin. But guys, sinners live in sin. That's what they do. So so just don't be so angry against them. You know, they just need to be saved. They just need to have Jesus, you know. That's what our task is, not to criticize, but to change them. And the goodness of God changes them, not your criticism, you know. So be good to them. Start loving them. Start showing how good Christ is in you. And then maybe they start also, you know, changing in their lives like this. We cannot live from our emotions either. It doesn't work this way. I've tried this. It's really bad. If our emotions are not under the lordship of Christ, it doesn't work. It's really bad. And I'm quite an emotional person. I cry quite quickly. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> cry, baby. But I love that. I love that guys cry. I mean, that's wonderful just to be vulnerable in life. I just cry easy. And to be honest with you, I always thought it was really bad to cry. And I didn't want to cry, you know, a stiff upper lip, you know. Particularly coming from Holland, you know, with the black socks. Too. They call it the Swarte the Kerk. You know that. But the people don't understand for Swarte Kausi here. But it's the black stockings church. It basically means everything is black, dark, boring. And why would you even go to church type stuff? And I used to be in that church, although my grandfather was, praise God, he didn't go to that church. And he was touched by the Americans, some American guys, and then went into the full gospel and blah, blah, blah. And that was awesome. But man, we are so stuck. And so many people and so many churches are still so stuck into that earthly legalism stuff. Man-made Paul calls it a form of godliness, denying its power. There's no power in their lives. There's no power in the church. There's no healing. There's no affection. There's no passion. Oh, don't get too excited. Raise your hands. Well, it's all in the Bible, you know. Raise your hand. Jump for joy. It's all in the Bible. I don't make that up. Musical instruments. It's not like, oh, they got drums now in the church. Do you know, I went to, I was at the, at the um, I, I played for the Continental Singers when I was, um, 18, uh, in America. So I was, for, for three months, we toured with a band, right? I was the drummer. And the Dutch, and, and first Dutch one to ever go on the Continental Singers. Quite an honor. So here I go on the Continental Singers. And I play drums and blah, blah, blah. It's all very good. But choir, choir and band, 40 people together, right? Anyway, I come to Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska. I go to this little church. And this pastor said to me, those drums don't go into my church. So what are you talking about? I just don't believe in drums in church. So you believe in keys and tonking on the cheese? You could, cheese, not cheese. <laughs> yeah, cheese head. Keys, you know. You believe in all the tingling. You love, everything is order. And, but you don't believe in drums. You will not believe it. That night, or even that morning, I don't even know. But that day at the church, I was sitting in the pews with the people looking at our concert because the drummer was not allowed to play. I mean, how dumb can you get? Isn't it amazing? Unbelievable. That people do this like this and... Oh, wow, unbelievable. So we need heaven. We need heavenly mindset. And that's why it's so important, the journey that we've been on, because we actually, and I'm more convinced than ever before, the more I learn about the stuff, the more I do it myself, we need more time in the secret place. We need more time to spend with God. And the reason why is because His Word, His Spirit, worship, Prayer, speaking in tongues, you name it, even good books, good uh, uh, podcasts, 
you name it. It all feeds your heavenly mind. It feeds what God is doing, his ways and stuff. And that's when it starts happening, then you start transforming and you start actually believing this stuff. And then you start manifesting the stuff in and through your life. You like that? <laughs> I was trying to say some manifestation. Man, you start to manifest something in, in this place. See, this is how you focus if you don't do it. And the thing is, though, I, I know for, for, for sure that I was not as focused. Even as a pastor, I had so many things going on. And you give it a place, um, but I was not as focused on it. But I'm going to get there in a minute. So the focus comes when we start focusing on what God is, who he is, his Bible, his word, all this kind of stuff. That is powerful. And then that will start to guide and lead our earthly lives. That starts to determine. See, our spirituality determines our naturality. I don't even know it's a word, but I don't care. <laughs> our spirituality will actually inform and massage and guide and lead your naturality, natural life in this way. And then it becomes a lifestyle. And that's what's happening with me. And I love that. It's now it's becoming a lifestyle. And that's why I'm changing so much, because it's become a lifestyle. It's now part of my life. And I want to go even deeper uh, with that. Colossians 3.2, he says, If then you were raised with Christ, we just talked about this, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, your mind, your brain, uh, of the things above, not on the things of the earth. So the stuff there determines your life here. Right? And there is not like there, there, behind the moon. It's, it's right here. It's the mind of Christ. It's a spirit life. It's the Bible. It's the ways of God. It's leaning in. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the guidance of the Holy Spirit. All this kind of stuff. The NIV says, uh, set your heart on the things above. Well, I love that. Your affections and your heart. I love this in the Passion Translation too. Christ's resurrection. Look at this. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Well, we know that. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where christ sits enthroned at the place of all power all glory and all honor and authority yes feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm who's been distracted at times yeah thank you all of you your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now you are, your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ Jesus. So this is so powerful. If we really understood this, it will change our lives. I want to learn to feast on the realities of heaven. How can I feast on the realities, fill my thoughts and my heart Everything about me with Jesus Christ, that he is my focus in everything. And I realign everything that I think, I realign everything to the kingdom way. And that's what kingdom life is all about. But who is challenged by this? Who finds this really difficult? Well, some people are honest. All of you. Thank you. All of you. Find, I find it very, very difficult to do this well. The reason why is we run so fast through life. We are so busy, busy bodies, and we think we are so incredibly important. And my thing is more important than your thing. That we just run and run, and we don't stop to think about heaven and to think about God 
and to think about the heavenly realities and the Holy Spirit guidance in every way. I wonder, I wonder if I'll, I wonder how our lives would be if we would really live this way. Now, Jesus lived this way. We've talked about this. He went every morning for hours and hours to seek the blueprint for the day. He could not do ministry without spending time with the Father. That's just, so he is our example. So follow him. That's the easiest way. It's legal. It's biblical. So then you have nothing to say, right? In the sense of, I don't want to do this. No, no, you do want to do this because he does it, right? And so we're following Jesus, right? Well, that, that's a Christian. It's a, it's a Christ follower. And if you're, yeah, anyway. So that's all good like this. So, and I wonder then, if that's the case, if, 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 if that's where, that, then also I wonder why we haven't seen some of those breakthroughs in our lives that we are so desperately looking for. I was talking to Norma Clouds, you know. It's just amazing. I mean, I spent two days with Norma. It's like spending two days with Jesus, you know, serious. Now, he's not Jesus, you know that, but he's a small Jesus, you know. And he's just made because he's done this stuff for so long now, you know. And so to be with a guy like this, and he said, Gideon, he says, the more, he says, this is, I, he said, I talk to so many of those people that, that I really respect, that he respects uh, in, in the world today. And he says, it's all about hunger. That is not our message, by the way, and I didn't prepare this. So this is now from the Holy Spirit. Not the other one's not from the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean. And, um, and the thing is, it's all about hunger, he says. And he says, the more hungry we are, and the more hunger we display, and the more hunger we... It is, it is evenredig. Evenredig. What is the Nederlands word, Engels word for evenredig? Gideon. Evenredig. Alicia, evenredig. Okay, so evenredig means there's... Um, it's beautiful, that's word. Evenredig means uh, the more you want to see, the more the hunger, the more you want to see the miracles, the more you want to see the stuff, is, is the more you want to go to secret place. It's not like I'm spending here half an hour, I'm going to see five hours of miracles. No, no, you're going to go four hours, and you maybe see one hour of miracles. Or evenredig, it's four hours here and four hours here. But he was saying how it depends how hungry you are, Gideon, how hungry are you? And he was really challenged to me. He says, I spend hours now, hours. And I see, I see the people who go somewhere and who really see some miracles, they go for hours and hours. How hungry are you? And I thought, man, this is like, here I am meant to be a pastor of this great church. And I think, service, you know. I think, I'm, I'm, I'm started there. I mean, I'm, I'm doing well in that sense. But man, I got such a long way to go. But I wonder how many things that we don't see in our lives, how many of the miracles that we don't see in our lives, how much of the breakthrough in our family, in our business, or whatever situation, workplace, in your life, relationship, is not happening because we just won't go there. And I'm not talking about five minutes, a little prayer and go, like a little quiet time. I know about the quiet time. I used to know about this. And most of us struggle even with the quiet time. Read the Bible, one verse, you know, instead of quick prayer, Lord, I'm busy and I need your help today and blah, blah. No, no, I'm talking about leaning in. I'm talking for hours. I'm talking about hours, guys. Hours. And don't tell me, oh, you're a pastor, you can do that. No, no, don't, don't tell me that. that. That's unfair. We all got the same time. We're very busy people. It is really a matter of priority. What is your priority? Where are you going to go in this way? And so I wrote this down. One of my main things I want to talk it's time that we as a church move into alignment with heaven. That we move into alignment with the kingdom of God. And what that looks like is that we spend time, it says here, sites on heaven. 
That means that we spend more time thinking about these things and meditating on God's word and spending time in the secret place and loving on him and worshiping him and praying and tongues and whatever. And then during the day, of course you do. In your car, you keep doing it. But it becomes a lifestyle. It's not just like I have to do like two hours here because it's not about that. It's about, hey, finding this time. And then when you start learning this and become good at this, you actually then do it all the time. Because it's not, when you, when you have this in your, in your workplace, when the things happen, it's not because suddenly you have prayed that morning two hours for this to happen. You are available to the Lord to sit with this lady in the workplace. Say, hey, I, I, you, I need you. you need, I'm here. I'm here with Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, and so you are, you are ready to go in this way. I mean, a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, sometimes this saying about, you know, he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good. And I think it's just the opposite. We are so earthly minded that we, are, we don't even understand the heavenly good. And so because we don't go in the heavenly good, we, go, we don't spend time. We don't even have the ways of God in our lives. We live so selfish, sinful, can I say this, lives in our lives. There, and then we think, Lord, you've got to be gracious to me. You've got to make this happen. He says, No. It doesn't work this way. It just simply doesn't work this way. And so that's why all of us this year are being pushed into worship, adoration, in the secret place, spending time with God, not as a performance, but as an aligning our lives, as a love relationship. As I, can't, I can't wait to get to my place, man. I'm like so in love with Jesus, and it's just so beautiful. I just don't want to go to work. I, said, Lord, I don't want to go to work because I just want to spend time with you. It's so beautiful in your presence. That's the way. So, so Jesus is refocusing our lives. He's recalibrating our lives. Too many years we have just... This, 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 this focused and relied on our own self-effort and our self-work and our performance and the things and has left us empty and depressed and wanting. It just simply does not work. My, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Where's the riches? Thank you very much. In glory. So, as, as, so until somebody, all of us say, in glory, instead of only one person, uh, until that time, we'll keep to, to talking about this. In, it's in glory. It's in his life. It's in the presence of God. It is his ways and his anointing. That's why Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come in this way. And so my challenge has been this year to refocus my life. And it's been really hard in the beginning because I'm so incredibly selfish, you know, that I want to go to my own thing and do my own thing. I'm busy, God. I'm busy actually with your stuff, by the way. You know? <laughs> Serious. I've tried that one. That didn't work. That didn't work. I'm too busy with his stuff. No, 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 it doesn't work this way. And then when you start leaning in, this is absolutely amazing. And I really felt this year that God is... You know, he's really, he's really, he's really just um, recalibrating my heart, really. That's what he's doing. And that's so beautiful because when you, when you go into that place, you cannot be, because it's perfect love, man. You go into that place of perfect love and like, whoa. And then the things that are not part of, meant to be part of your life, they, they, they you know. We sang the song this morning and David was reminding them and, and then some, they already sang it in the, in, the, in, the, in the intercessors, you know. But turn your eyes upon Jesus, you know. Look in his eyes, and the things of earth will grow so strangely dim. And in the light of his uh, glory and grace, which is kind of a theme for this year, really, that whole thing. It is absolutely beautiful what God is doing uh, in our lives. So for myself, I had to focus on Christ. I had to focus on his face. I had to focus on his ways and really go into that place and say, Lord, I want you to refocus. I want you to recalibrate 
I love this word, recalibrate my heart, but also recalibrate my mind, that I would focus on you all the time, that I would have the mind of Christ, which is in heavenly places, it's in the spirit, that I would live from this place to earth, and when I do, I'm unstoppable. We'll talk about it some other time, not today. Today I want to talk about your affection, where your affection is, where your life is with him, because that's where everything starts. But are we going to do miracles? Absolutely. Will demons scream? Absolutely. That's what Jesus did. That's what normal. But I tell you, it comes out of this place, though. It's not because you're so tough or you look good or you've got a great jacket on. Busters, ghost busters. <laughs> I mean, we are ghost busters, you know, but the thing is, it comes out of that place. He is the one who actually busts them. We don't do anything. We're just, you know, there. I said, Lord, use me, you know. It's like, it's all good. I'm almost done. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, no, I am. I am almost done. Um, so God's working in my life, and he's, um, he's really calling us up, guys. He's actually calling us up. He's calling us up. Will you, will you go up? Will you go up? Will we go up? See, I believe that then miracles start to happen. I believe revival starts happening then. Revival starts with us, not out there somewhere or somehow God is suddenly saying, woo, revival is here because you've been so good, little girl, or little boy. It's not about that at all. It is us becoming revival. It's us becoming. And then this fire starts burning and different fires come together and then this fire starts burning and burning and burning and then it starts burning outside and says, well, this, this whole building is on fire. And then we go out in the community and say, well, we're all on fire. Where are all these fire people coming from? That's what's going to happen as we are put on fire in this way. See, our affection has been so proliferated. I love that word. Proliferated. Our affections have been so proliferated. That means all scattered in our lives. We have little room for the Bible and Jesus. I love Jesus. And I love the Father, Holy Spirit, and my kids, and business, and my car, and my family. I've got all stuff here. It's like a soup. And I eat this soup. It's my life. This is my life. And the problem, there's nothing wrong with all these things. The problem is that Jesus and the Bible and all these things that I talked about are, are only part of your mixture, a part of the soup. And what happens then is that your life will be watered down. Your spiritual life will be watered down. God told me last night, tell people, I said, okay, great, thank you, Jesus. Their lives are being watered down. You actually look warm. I thought, oh, no. Revelation, 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 you know, he'll spit you out. He's going to spit you out, don't worry. We're a grace church. No, he loves you. But the thing is, though, he doesn't like lukewarm at all. You're either hot or you're cold. So, so there is a sense of, of challenge here. Are we going to be hot for Jesus? Are we going to be so hot for Jesus and not have a little mixture somewhere here and there and everywhere? It says in, in Proverbs, I, I love this, above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. Here we go, Puko. Pay attention to the welfare. This is Proverbs, Old Testament. There, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being from where there flows the wellspring of life. Jesus doesn't want to be one of your ingredients in your little soup. He wants to be the main ingredient in your life. Actually, your whole life is hidden in Christ. He wants to be it. He wants us to be single-focused. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the king. 
and then all the other things come into your life. I do want to, this is so good, and then I'm done. It, I want to do it in Proverbs, in the Passion, because it's really good. You, you love this. Uh, it says, listen carefully, my dear child, okay? All of us, dear children. To everything that I teach you. Now, he's talking about wisdom here, but I believe it's the ways of God. Wisdom is God. It's the glory of God, right? And that I teach you. And pay attention to all I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words. Look at this. Until they penetrate deep within your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into your very core of your being. And above else, the same as the other one, guard your affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Guys, it affects all that you are. Your heart, right? And then pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, where flows the wellspring of life. Verse 25, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. It's amazing how many times we get into rabbit holes and I'm one of them. Oh, it's a bird. Oh, something else happened. Oh, whatever. And you go into something else. Even in your quiet time, it goes, whoa, I got to do Now I learn to write it down and then keep going. Because what, what is next? What does it say? Set your gaze. What's where you're going? Stick to the path of truth. And the road will, save, will be safe and smooth before you. Verse 7, last verse. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment. Or take the detour that leads to darkness. Israel made that detour. They did not believe God. They looked at themselves. We're not good enough. You'll be never good enough. But I'll tell you something. When you spend time with God, you become like a... David, you will slay in the lions. Some things that happen in your life, you'll become so powerful in humility, in love, but powerful, just like Jesus. Not being sidetracked. And they had to go a detour. A whole generation had to die out 40 years because of disobedience. But really, they took their eyes from God into the cells. We look like grasshoppers, right, on their side? It's amazing. What a word for us. Guys, we've got to be so careful that we are not being sidetracked, that we are not being distracted, or some of us are in a detour. you got to get out of the detour. Humble yourself. Say, Lord, I repent. It means to change your mind, change your heart. I repent. I look to you. I'm not looking to those things anymore. I'm on the wrong road. I'm so sorry I took the wrong road. I'm getting back on the right road. I'm going to look ahead of myself in this way. You know, to live a kingdom life, which is a series we're doing, to live a kingdom life, we cannot be distracted, we cannot be sidetracked, and we cannot be on a detour. So God is bringing us into kingdom alignment. And I believe this is the best life we will ever live, is when we are aligned to the King of glory, aligned in our heart, in our mind, to everything that He is. And so I wonder where your heart is here today. I wonder where, 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 where we need to align our hearts and recalibrate some things in our lives. And this is the question. This is the question. I wonder who or what has stolen your affection for Jesus. And you know, it doesn't need to be a whole massive sin or addiction type thing. 
Jesus still loves you anyway. He just wants you to get rid of the stupid thing. But the thing is, there's very good stuff that you, that you can be doing. It's still an idol. It's still in the way of spending time with him. And I'll be honest with you, it's happening all over the world right now. God is saying, no, I don't want this anymore. I don't want a lukewarm church anymore. I don't want it anymore. You're either hot or you're cold. No twice spout, great German word. No double Dutch, another great word. We're not going to feed on both the world and the kingdom. No more. And I'm vowing before you, I was lying here again yesterday by myself. Just here, it's nobody, nobody here. I said, Lord, I'd prostrate again. Not prostrate, prostrate. Prostrate myself again. I said, this is all about you. And you know, the thing is, though, we think we lose everything when we give everything to God, you know. But the thing is, though, you actually get everything. And we'll start living as people who possess everything, so who possess nothing but have everything. We possess everything. We possess heaven, guys. We possess everything. Not just your little house, your little thing, your little this and whatever. That's mine. No, 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 no. You give it over to God. But then you get Him. You get everything that He has. And He loves you so much. He wants to give you a lot more. I tell you, you, me, are sometimes the biggest problem and the biggest obstacle to God want to bless you more. Because you're not faithful to Him and you're giving. You're not faithful to Him and your time with Him. You're not faithful to Him. He says, well, okay, you stay, stay in your little world. But He wants you to go up with Him. He wants you to grow bigger. He wants to show you how faithful He is to you, how faithful He is to me. Catherine and I have seen such faithfulness of God in our lives, even this last year. We just can't dream of this kind of stuff, but it all comes from Him. Everything is His anyway, but He wants your heart. He wants the affection of your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God. So what has stolen your affection? Where have you and I been distracted, sidetracked, or on a big detour? And come back to God. Seek first the kingdom of God. First the King. Father, we want to thank you for your love. We bless your name, Lord, who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you are recalibrating our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are calling us up to where you are seated. You're calling us up into the heavenly. You're calling us up into the life, the kingdom life that you've called us to. And we bless your holy name. Lord, you're so wonderful, so powerful, so glorious. Lord, we're sorry, Lord, for the sometimes the detours that we take. Lord, we're sorry, Lord, for the distractions that we allow in our lives. Lord, even the rabbit holes that we go after. And it's not important at all. Lord, we want to say again, Jesus, you are our life. Jesus, you are are first in my life. You are first in this church. You are king of this church, Lord of this church. And Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we give everything to you, you give us so much back. And then you said, well, I can really work with this. And Father, we believe, Lord, that we will see just a mighty harvest of your Holy Spirit, Lord, even in Christ church. Lord, because of us, leaning in and loving you. Lord, I pray that there be no distractions in our affection to you, that our affection will be pure for you, Jesus, always first for you, Jesus.